0: Let me tell you about the show's newest sponsor, Juniper Mountain Coffee. You can check them out at junipermountaintradingpost.com and check out everything that they sell. I really like what they say on their website. And guys, if you are a coffee connoisseur like me, this here American company that's not run by a bunch of wokesters might be worth checking out for you. What they say is, we roast coffee for those loyal to a lost way of life. Those that never back down in the face of adversity. The ones that keep their word, treat people with respect, and still believe in the importance of hard work. We offer some of the best coffee in the world and look forward to earning a spot in your cup. And they have definitely earned a spot in my cup. Whether you like light roast, dark roast, ground already, or not ground, you just want to order it fresh. And they even have those little pod things for those of you that just make one cup at a time. I drink too much coffee for that, so I don't do that. And they also have a cold brew. But it's a great company, great story. Uh, You guys are going to dig these guys. Check them out at junipermountaintradingpost.com. Let them know the Western Huntsman sent you. This is that time of year when it's really time to turn up the heat on your scouting. We're going through summer season. It's going to be here before you know it. And I don't care if you're going after mule deer, whitetail, the mighty whoppity, whatever it is. Scouting is imperative, and it makes it much easier when you use trail cameras where they are allowed. And uh, let me tell you something. I, I like trail cameras that are easy to use, functional, and have good quality pictures. That brings us to SpyPoint. Spy Point trail cameras. You can check them out at spypoint.com. And it doesn't matter if you're looking to do one of the cell cams, like the Flex X or the Flex G36 or the LM2. They have some great deals on their website, like right now, if you check them out, they've got some clearance cameras going on on the cell cams. You can also get a cell link that attaches to any regular cell camera and will uh, transmit pictures right to your phone. The other trail cameras, if you're way out in the backcountry and don't have phone service out there, the Force Pro S and the Force Pro are my go-to cameras. I absolutely love them. If you guys saw the pictures from this last bear season, they were really high-quality pictures, and they were all done with that Force Pro camera. So check it out, guys, at spypoint.com and let them know the Western Huntsman sent ya. the western huntsman podcast ladies and gentlemen welcome to this episode of the western huntsman podcast this is jim huntsman your host coming at you from the broken time studio brought to you by eastman's hunting journals and speaking of eastman's I got my pal, Scott Reekers from Eastman's Hunting Journals on the line today, and uh, we're going to bounce all over um, several topics, but uh, really excited to get you on, brother. How you doing?
1: Man, it's good to be here. It feels like it's been forever since we've actually recorded one. I,
0: mean, I think it's been over a year. It's been is well it? over a year. I think we need to do it
1: more often, in fact. We should, actually. Actually, we need to make it a regular thing, because um, with application season coming, we're like. It is almost November and application season starts in December. Yeah,
0: I know, man. It's, it's going to be, and, and I think that that is, uh, you know, people talk a lot about how to find an elk or how to shoot and, uh, you know, an antelope or, and whatnot, but there's not enough conversations about how to get a good tag. Uh, and that's something I struggle I with big time. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that, but, uh. I just wanted to kind of, you know, jump on with you. We haven't, again, we talk on the phone all the time, but we never actually record a conversation. So I I think it feels like we're always recording, but uh, this time we (laughs) actually have the little light going and everything. And so I could see your smiling face. How are things in Powell, Wyoming?
1: It is good. We have, we've actually had a, I'll call it a fairly normal fall. As far as weather goes, we've had one, you know, one good solid stretch where it rained a bunch down low. They got a lot of snow up high, which was good for the elk hunters. You know, they were able to pick them out. It happened. It happened in elk season. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> really good for them. So I'm, I'm excited to see about, about how all, all the elk did. Hold on a second.
0: <coughs> you got a frog Man, in your throat. throat, brother.
1: I do have a frog in my throat. That was not my plan for the start of this podcast. Um <laughs> So, but it's been a good fall here. Our hunt winners did really good in Colorado, um, which is always fun uh, to see those text messages. In fact, yeah, you can see it on Eastman's social how that's happened. Um, uh-huh. Dan, Dan Picars had some good success, so there's going to be some good episodes on Beyond the Grid. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of big animals hitting the dirt. Brian Barney's also had a good fall, so a lot of the a lot of the people around here have done really well and had some good opportunities.
0: Does does Brian and Dan never? like ever have a bad season or is it just like you know (laughs) like it has been this year these guys are awesome you are you are not wrong now i'll say
1: this um and bear this in mind okay like first world problems all right Uh uh-huh dan and a buddy went into the wyoming wilderness and it was a horseback hunt they did really well they both killed 340 bulls that is like a season of a lifetime for or a hunt of a lifetime for a lot of guys. Yeah. Well, Dan last year, if you've been watching Beyond the Grid, Dan killed a bull that was pushing 390 and a 370 bull last year. Jeez, so, man, when you ask that question, yeah, and when you ask mm-hmm. that question like, you know, does he ever have a bad fall? I, you know, I can't remember one and we've worked together almost 10 years. So,
0: Yeah. Some guys, you know, some guys are just like money I, I i don't know what it is they're just when it when it you could it's like putting money in the bank you know it's there and and when dan and brian go out you know i've got i've got other friends that are like that that are just you just know yep. it's going to happen and it's going to be a huge thing uh and and then you've got guys like me that you could put money on the fact that you're going to fail and that's pretty much what <laughs> happens to me in september <laughs> <laughs> you know
1: it's really funny. Bow hunting, I've reached a conclusion is a, is a creative art and the guys yeah. who think like those animals do and do really well, um, they, they, just, they have a gift at it and yeah, for sure. Um, but I will also say that in order to, in order to really become a good bow hunter, um, you really have to commit to it as a craft and you almost have like the guys I know that have gotten really good at bow hunting. The vast majority of them don't pick up a rifle later. Um, they've committed that bow hunting is the only thing they're going to do. That is their only means means of kill. There are a few that are kind of an exception, um, to that, that I know. Um, but those are few, those guys are few and far between the ones that are just, just killers all around with all weapons. Um, you know, by, by my own, by my own admittal, I am not the, um, the hardcore archer. Like I am an an archery opportunist. Um, I will take my bow out in the fall. Um, and of course I want to kill, but Mm -hmm. like, I'm not like Brian and Dan putting all of my focus into, into the month of September for, you know, archery elk. And then the opportunities that come for high country mule deer, I like, I like having a three, three and a half month season, being able to spread that out and looking for a lot of opportunities across the West.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way, man. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love bow hunting. There's something really special about bow hunting, and but I, I and I've, I've talked about this a few times, but I'm not like one of those purists. Yeah, you, you know, and, yep. and it's like you get these, you get these purists in different. I don't care if it's hunting, fly fishing is another one because you've, you've got, you've yes, got these dudes that are like. Right. They'll only fly fish. And then amongst the fly fishermen, you'll have these purists that only dry fly, uh, use a dry fly. You know, it's a, <laughs> they, they they won't do anything subsurface yeah. and they won't use strike indicators and all this stuff. And so, and, and I get that. I, I don't, I don't care if somebody wants to be like that. It's, it's great for them. It's what, it, that's, that's mm-hmm. the beauty of being an outdoorsman is, is you get to pick what path you're passionate about and pursue that. But for me, I'm passionate about all of it. I, I do love to bow hunt. Yep. But I also loved a rifle hunt um and, and those are those are i i they're they're different experiences and I think that yes i would I would get bored just be and it's just my because that's my personality I would get bored if I was just trying to be a purist one way or the other um and, and you know archery hunting for September elk has been like this i this podcast has like been bad luck for me because ever since I started it i i haven't uh i haven't <laughs> like actually killed a bull and got to recover it. You know, that I had that deal last year where I I killed that bull and my truck burned down and I couldn't recover it. And, and this year I had a lot of opportunities and because of last year, I was super cautious (laughs) about shots I was going to take. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of opportunities, but I I just, I just didn't feel good about the shots. So I came out empty handed, but that's okay because I'm not a purist. So next week, uh, My Idaho rifle season starts for elk, and I've got like four days mm-hmm. to to try to track yep. down a bull, and um, we'll see how it goes. And that's the beauty of it, you know. Yep, I'll break well, out that that's, Savage. That's the nice part about <laughs> absolutely
1: break out that Savage. In fact, I used my uh, my new Savage six five PRC this last week on that antelope hunt. Oh yeah, um, yeah it it worked it worked flawlessly. And then we also had I you know by my own admittal i've used silencers before or suppressors before but i've not used them extensively and so being able to use that um, it was really funny we get to the range at, at the outfitters and he, fonzie goes oh we've got civilized people hunting with us this week because we're using silencers and so right. that was a really cool really cool piece of the equation um we weren't blowing people's you know eardrums out with these you know with these these, these incredibly large rifles anything like that you know todd was shooting a, a seven millimeter so you know it's fast gun but my 6.5 prc is plenty of gun too um, oh, yeah. todd is probably a little overkill for you know for antelope but that's okay um <laughs> but i was really happy with how the how the whole hunt played out the 6.5 PRC performed perfectly did exactly what it was supposed to I mean we've got the video footage where I hit it you know behind the shoulder a little high but it was laying down uh-huh. um, some people won't take that shot but we, we were close it was less than 100 yards on on my shot and oh, so nice um I got yeah I got got laid down was able to shoot it you know and um you can watch it in the video gets hit head falls over it didn't even, you know, it didn't even get up, didn't run, nothing like that. There was no chance for, you know, adrenaline to get in that meat. So I'm really looking forward to the
0: antelope sausage. It should be really, really good. And you know, on that note, how is Fonzie doing, man? For for those of you, he's listening, doing good. Yeah, Fon- Fonzie Haskell is a. He's been on the show and. Uh, he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of Scotts and uh, he had a he had a pretty bad accident ATV accident this summer. Uh, I think it was like chasing cows or something and yep um anyway, so he's doing good up and moving pretty good how how's that all that going for him? So
1: he and I had a, you know, obviously several opportunities to sit down and talk and have good conversations. And, um, best part was that he's up and moving. Um, he's moving around well. Um, he's, he's able to do, uh, do a lot of things he's able to do, you know, he works on a ranch as well as runs, uh, runs his outfitting business. And so being, you know, being, being able to get up and move and do those sort of things. It like, they were worried. Um, like the ranch hands that were with him while they were moving cattle that saw it, they were really worried about him. Like they were worried he they were going to pull the four wheeler off on a dead guy. Yeah. Um, and now he, he ended up having a, um, you know, some just fairly major issues. You know, I'm, I'll at some point you can have him on again and he can explain what happened, you know, and tell that whole story. But he's up and moving around, um, was able to, you know, be a fully, you know, fully functioning outfitter and guide this fall, which is what he was hoping for. And we had a fantastic experience with him. He, he works hard and does a good job and seeing him there and able to do that was even better.
0: Oh, that's awesome, man. I, I was really, uh, pulling for Fonzie because he's, you know, he's just one of those like salt of the earth kind of dudes really like Mm -hmm. Fonzie. Uh, and you know, I, I definitely, definitely looking forward to one day going out and and hunting. We we talked about me coming out and hunting mule deer with him, uh, at some point. And so, um, and that accident could have been a lot worse. So he must be living yes, it right, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, so it could have been a lot worse. I, I was, yeah. Um,
1: I got to be around a, cu- a couple of his guides were also the ranch hands that were, were there when it happened. Um, and so I got to hear from their perspective, what they saw and they said it was, it was a bad deal. They didn't know what they were going to be walking up on. Oh, and, man, that's tough. Um, how bad the situation was going to be. So, but, um, but,
0: but know, here we are. Talking about, yeah. Yeah. Answer
1: yeah.
0: prayer. And, uh, you know, you, you were talking about you hunting with them. I'm, I'm slightly distracted. Yep. I got this, you know, being in this new room here in the in the house where I've got this makeshift studio started. I've got a window to the back, and uh, apparently my chickens have gotten out of their run, <laughs> and they're, like, looking in the window, man. It's really distracting. And so I don't oh. know how the heck they're getting out either. It's pissing me off. I've done so much work on this coop, and they're still figuring out how to get a get out. And what's even worse on top of that, Scott is like, it's a big run. They have, they have like what people that live in the suburbs that those backyards that people have, you know, that that's Mm -hmm. how big their little chicken run is. And, and it's great. It's like bear proof, everything, but they still want to get out and come (laughs) spy on me in the window.
1: That, uh, that's, you know, you're going to have to post a picture on social media just to get, you know, just to, Tell people about this I was, happened of I was was chicken ab- staring in the window. That's yeah. funny, actually.
0: I was thinking about that, but I'd be embarrassed. I the the lady we <laughs> bought this house from, she left all sorts of junk. I mean, just just <laughs> uh, she was a big time gardener, so I've got all this like yeah crap that was piled up in the uh, greenhouse, and I <laughs> I've got it piled up outside the window on top of the deck, and that's the the garbage is what the chickens are standing on, peering in the window at me because I think they can hear my voice. <laughs> And so I, I don't want to take a picture of it and show the, show the junk in my backyard, man.
1: That's funny. So. Actually, we, we had, um, when we moved into our house, uh, and I don't know, I probably shouldn't say things about this. Cause I'm sure, you know, the next people who buy our house from us someday when we move out of it, will complain about, you know, call me a DIY disaster. Um, but <laughs> For some reason, we bought we bought this house in 2014, and like it was our first house as a married couple. I'd bought houses before, but my wife never had. Yeah. And so we we buy this place, and people before us had done a lot of remodeling, and so inside of oh, it, no. there were these walls. Yes, there were. They some of the stuff made sense. Like they had knocked out a wall in the kitchen to create a bar. Makes total sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put tile on, on the bar makes sense. Okay. Some of the stuff made sense, but other stuff did not. Every wall had been textured and it looked like the inside of a Mexican restaurant, you know, those big ridges. And, and
0: oh yeah, hats. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah.
1: They had done that. They almost every
0: room upstairs. Oh no, man. That's tough to get rid of yes. too. Like they make it look like oh, almost that stucco-looking adobe style. Yes. Yeah, I know what yes. you're talking about. Yeah, and so rough.
1: for something like and but the thing was, it wasn't like a southwestern vibe in the house. It was just like I don't know if it's supposed to be modern artwork or what, <laughs> you know. But, but they had done that, and the funnier part was they hadn't pulled the trim off to do it. So there's like this big like big ridge of plaster above it, Uh you know? And so Uh I had to fill in a whole bunch of stuff. Like I worked a lot of construction in college and then, um, I've done a lot of remodeling. I framed, um, after college for a while, like when I was working part-time at the church I was at. So I don't want to say I have a lot of experience, but I've got enough to be dangerous. And I was like, what in the world? And so I've had, I, The only way I could get that off was you knocked the ridges down, like the ridges on it. And then Uh it had exposed plaster and then you had to spray it with your little spray gun. And then you just knocked it off a little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. I had to do it one room at a time. And then I had to retexture most of the walls. I'll bet that took forever, man. I've been in that house 10 years and we finally have the upstairs
0: complete. (laughs) <laughs> I knew it. I <laughs> is, knew it man. That is how long that, it took us to do that. I so. am not I am not yeah. looking forward to this whole remodel thing. I it's funny you say that because we we bought this house and, and on the outside, you know, it looks like your traditional log slash cedar sided house it's like this lodgy montana looking thing yeah and uh really cool looking and it needs a good staining on the outside but other than that real lodgy looking but then you walk inside and it does have that southwest feel it does not match the outside at all (laughs) and it's got these weird arches in some of the walls and some of the like hallway entryway things and my wife despises these arches Uh, and it's got this it's actually really nice mexican tile Uh, that, uh, kind of flows with the arches or whatever. And, and my, again, (laughs) my wife hates this Southwest look thing. She wants it back to the Montana lodge feel. So I'm going to be ripping up tile and getting rid of arches. And it is just going to be a ton of work, but I'm pretty excited for this room, man. It's going to be the actual new broken studio. And I'm going to, I'm going to make it look like that Eastman's room you guys have there in Powell, where we met at that cool table. Can you guys send me one of those tables? (laughs) (laughs) you know that is up for that right
1: oh i'm sure 100 (laughs) Uh, that that was actually um there's an old historical picture somewhere of the first building they had the eastman's building they had in thermopolis and that was the sign that was out in front oh really yes and i don't remember i can't remember whether it was a project that ike did early on working for the company um but they took that sign and they, um, made it into a table, but then Ike took the table or the top off uh-huh. and he had it epoxied, um, cause we used to have a big plastic cover on it, but now we've actually got it epoxied so that, you know, it's, it's, it's real yeah. nice to be able to, just easier to clean and then you don't worry about stuff falling in or anything like that. So yeah. it's, it's a pretty cool table to have there, but we did, um. You know that studio. It, the studio has been really nice. It, it matches our personality and and, and feel yeah. a lot. So when we go in there and record, um, so and then we were able to add some lighting and make it a make it a place that we we all really enjoy spending time in there because we spend a lot of time in there together. I mean, just oh, look yeah. at when you came down and visited with us. You spent a whole day in that room so yeah i love the idea of remodeling and making spaces that match your um you know match your personality and 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 feel that's important to me
0: yeah for sure this studio and and the the listeners that are interested i i will bore you to death with like as as we get (laughs) updates and and progress made on the studio i'll take a bunch of videos and put them on the instagram uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, including I, I clearly I've never recorded this time of day and I've got a bunch of sun coming in those blind, uh, the window over there. It needs blind. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of work, man. Just a lot of work. So, um, good work. though. Good work. So, so yeah, other net, uh, it's, it's nice to catch up with you finally, because it's, you know, I've been in the field. I spent most of September in the field. Uh, didn't record a lot. <laughs> um, I'm like still getting my. It's funny when I spend that much time away from the microphone, it feels like I have to kind of relearn how to record podcasts. I feel really rusty, yeah. uh, especially <laughs> that first one. I was like, man, I don't even know what to talk about because I was I was still upset about how September turned out for me. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> uh, I take September pretty, uh, pretty personal. And so it's just yep. nice to be back in the saddle. But um Let's talk about Tag Hub 2.0 for a minute, man. Actually, you know, before before we do that, it just it, for for anybody that didn't hear our first episode and might not know who you are, tell everybody what you do for Eastman's and and uh, a little bit about you. Okay. So um, officially, I
1: have a a couple of titles. One is the podcast lead, podcast group lead. So any of the podcasts that happen here at Eastman's, I am point of contact for our hosts. Um, I work with our our video production team who helps with a lot of the production. I also work with our uh, social media team very intimately um, to make sure that all of our podcasts are getting promoted and pushed out on a regular basis. Um, Another piece of the equation, and Jim's gotten to deal with both sides of this, you know, being part of the Eastman's brand as Western Huntsman is, is um, I do business development. Um, sometimes that can mean um, doing a lot of research and building strategic partnerships and the the business to business relationships um, more than just sometimes they're they're more than just an advertiser relationship, and that's not to discount advertisers and partnership relationships. Those are significant, ridiculously important. Mm-hmm. We're we're talking about relationships like. Bringing a Western Huntsman into the Eastman's brand and and helping grow that because we believe in what Western Huntsman is uh, and being able to develop a partnership like that and grow you know help you know we believe in the Western Huntsman we believe in the podcast we believe in Jim and so that was one of those things we thought there's a strategic partnership so it was my job to build that strategic partnership and then also help. Um, you know, help our help our team here be able to, um, you know, work with Jim and bring this entertaining product that is that is educational to to the masses. That's what business development is on our end, yeah. Um, and so that that is one of the pieces that that I really help with and do a lot of work work on. Um, you know, if you ever think that you want to do business development, you better be okay failing nine out of ten times. Um, it's just that's just how it works. I know yeah. they say that that happens a lot in in business. Um, but the simple reality is, is that you will have a lot of good ideas that sometimes you just can't sync, um, with, you know, other brands or things that you want to work with and do, but the times that you get it to work and the times that you are able to make it happen are worth it. And that's what, that's, what's a lot of fun. Um, I love developing and building relationships. I love helping people succeed, um, you know, for instance, you know, I, I haven't gotten to say this to you, but I think we talked briefly about it. But you know, you had one of your best months as far as podcast listeners ever. That that makes me excited that I got to you know be a part yeah, and man. support that role and help help with Eastman. So that those are the things that make me tick. Um, as a, as a person, you know, seeing other people be successful, helping, you know, I like to, I like to be there in the background and, and help with that. I don't mind getting, you know, like getting up on stage at one of our live events. I've done that my whole life, play guitar, um, you know, worked in churches. That doesn't bother me, but that's not something that I, I don't scribe for that. I know some people that really drives them and that's fine. Um, you know, but that's not necessarily what drives me, um, to, you know, or what I consider successful. You know because I know for every person that's on stage, there are fifteen to twenty other people that have helped them get to that you know get to that space and i and I like yeah, having absolutely. a little both of it and seeing it and so that's what to me that's what business development is is you help grow and you expand um areas and then you also help implement implement the systems and get people started and working on all the different um different pieces that are there. So there's a lot of team coordination. Um, you know, sometimes the, uh, sometimes the staff here would probably tell you I'm really good at communicating. Other times they probably tell you, I don't know what he's thinking with this, you know, at, you know, he wants to add another podcast, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, we have things like that that happen too, but that's just part of life and part of the, um, you know, part of the experience and growth. So that's what I do here. Um, yeah. and I'm sure everybody's like, how does that relate to hunting? Well, that's that's where Tag Hub came in.
0: So, well, and it's mm-hmm. you know, it's Eastman's Hunting Journal, so it it has everything to do with hunting, but I I want to before we get into uh the Tag Hub, um I want to point out that that what you were saying there kind of triggered my my memory here. Uh I think I think I've surpassed the one year mark of being with Eastman's Hunting yes. Journals. Um yes, and we have. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think that's about. I, I, I don't know if it was August or September of last year, but anyway, it was, it was sometime in the late summer last year, and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome, man, since we first met. There in Powell, Wyoming, and and uh, I got to see all those gigantic mule deer you guys have down there when <laughs> I came down to visit. Yep, and, there are a uh, few. Um, yeah,
1: uh, guys got a few uh, animals in the entryway. But, oh yeah, uh, yeah. For yeah, sure. He
0: stops and stares at when they come in. So. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been fun, man. I, I like working because I, I, I just started doing a podcast, right. And just wanted to talk about hunting and the future of hunting. And, and what I see is problematic is, as, as we kind of roll into the future, but, uh, I, I didn't know anything about the hunting industry or, or the hunting space. <laughs> and it was nice working with guys that actually know um you know the ins and outs of the industry and and just kind of helping me guide guide that it's it's been really helpful for me i wouldn't have had that giant month i I think it was august you're talking about that uh those those, uh downloads we had which which is thanks to all you guys listening um it was a it was a huge month for for the western huntsman podcast and and most of that is thanks to eastman's um getting us getting us out there except i didn't know you guys were going to expect me to write articles for the magazine and i'm a terrible writer (laughs) (laughs)
1: we don't expect you to write articles we well we do we do have you write articles but todd todd can make anybody sound pretty and still sound like you so that's good he does
0: have a knack for that man (laughs) so he does well tag uh or i'm sorry tag hub 2.0 what what's different (laughs) well explain what tag hub is for anybody that doesn't know that's been living under a rock Uh, Mm -hmm. And then we can explain the difference between Tag Hub and Tag Tag Hub 2.0. I've been talking about Hoffman Boots for a very long time. You guys know that I'm a huge fan of this company. And it's not just the great products that they make. It's the story behind the company and the people that run it. This generational family of shoemakers right here in North Idaho makes some of the best hunting boots and pack boots and lineman boots and all your boot needs right in one place at HoffmanBoots.com. For us hunters, I highly recommend the Explorer. And I don't care if you're running in the 6-inch or the 8-inch or the 10-inch. Personally, I, I love my 8-inch Explorers. They've got the Vibram sole. They are totally waterproof. There's no break-in period. Guys, you can't go wrong with Hoffman Boots because you get all that without breaking the bank. So check them out at HoffmanBoots.com and use promo code All caps lock Huntsman 10 at checkout for 10% off and find out why I have been wearing my Hoffman boots for years and years. Don't be one of those people that have it in their mind that Savage Arms is the same firearms that your grandpa was running around with 40 years ago. It's not. Big game hunting rifles that you can count on. I love my Savage Firearms. I have got... The Savage 110 Hunter, uh, and my daughter is uh, pretty happy with this 110, 110 Apex Hunter XP. Um, the Accutrigger is a really interesting little piece to this firearm, and it's a new piece of technology that uh, if you've never tried one, you should, because it'll make you more accurate. It's, it's a much easier, higher quality firearm than anything else I've got out there, and I've, I've got a lot of firearms, guys. and so. If you're in the market for a new hunting rifle, make sure you visit SavageArms.com because I promise you you're going to find something that is accurate, easy to handle, easy to use, long-range, functional, just a high-quality weapon that you could take to the field and have a lot of confidence that when the time comes, you've got that Savage backing you up, and you're going to be notching a tag. Check it out, SavageArms.com. Let them know the Western Huntsman sent you. Thanks, guys.
1: So Tag Hub was, um, was an expansion of the journals, uh, the MRS and the journals, which was the members research section. Um, and we're actually about to have the 200th issue of the hunting journal. That's actually going to go to print next week. And it'll, it'll be arriving on doorsteps in November, which that's incredible in and of itself. To do 200 issues of a hunting journal is, is incredible, especially when everybody's, saying, yeah, when everybody's saying print is dead. Um, mm-hmm that part is crazy, but the evolution started with Mike Eastman. He was traveling to trade shows and and, and doing things of that nature while he was getting started. And one of the things he discovered was there were all these guys, and I think he might have been at the show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And there were all these guys who didn't know anything about applying out West. And because they didn't know, he's like, well, I'm just going to put together a pamphlet and show them everything they need to know. And so he put together this pamphlet and it flew off his table like hotcakes. And so then he's like, I think I could turn this into a, into a magazine. And so that's, that's how that happened. But he kept Mm -hmm. including all this information on how do you hunt? How do you plan to hunt out West? And, and pretty soon that turned into the members research section, which that was, we took all 11 Western states and we dove into them and just did analysis and research and helped people understand who and what they are um, as far as your applications, how to do it. Nevada, I write the MRS for Nevada. And Nevada is a very different animal than Wyoming, which Wyoming is a very different animal than Idaho. And Montana, okay, Montana is a little bit easier to understand for the most part, as long as you understand the difference between preference and bonus points. Yeah. so
0: yeah montana's tricky to me man but it, i'm used to the well, simplicity and, of idaho
1: <laughs> well the simplicity of idaho is that everything is 100 percent random you know mm-hmm. um so you know you've got well random and then the other piece of the equation is that it's quote unquote even over the counter for general hunts for mm-hmm. um for non-residents, I, I don't buy that it's actually over the counter anymore. It's stand your place in line. Um, the way that that disaster is going with, with since they capped off how many um, non-residents can hunt in each general area, because that's a different. Yeah, they need to turn it into a draw. I mean, I, I, I know that's a kind of a headache, but
0: it, it it's a. I, I don't know if I think what they need to do is smooth out the non-resident purchase, um. Sequence uh, or, or or the the process that they use, because yeah you get you get all these people on one website at one time. Obviously, it's going to crash. And that's what happens. Everybody, you know, they yeah. lose their place in line and they or, or they have to sit there for hours. You know, their their number is fourteen thousand four hundred and fifty six kind of thing. And, you know, it's just there's got to be a better way, because um, I, I hate the idea of draw uh, a draw system, and especially for the state of Idaho that doesn't have it. Uh, it, it, again, you know, I moved, I moved, uh, five minutes across the border and now I'm in Montana. So not, not my issue, but I do have, I do have my lifetime hunting license over there. So, um, anyway, I'm getting us all sidetracked here. It's okay. I mean, it's all part of the process. Yeah. I mean,
1: with, with Idaho, unfortunately, um, you know, the, the problem is, I shouldn't even call it a problem. The challenge is that there are so many people who who want to do it now because a lot of guys are searching for opportunity. And that's, unfortunately, I think you have to set it up as a draw in order to do that because the only thing that is a that might correct that, and I say might because that's a big um, piece of the equation, is if there is a change in our economy where you know, we're a negative change in our economy, which I don't want to happen, you know, but generally speaking, um, when the economy is, is a little rougher, it's harder to justify non-resident tag prices. It is.
0: So and and I do that the, the way things are going, uh, you know, under the current administration and, and when you, when you look at how long gas prices have been this high and, and interest rates are where they're at, uh, the direction of, of this, um, bizarre leftist ideology the 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 economy is gonna go south at some point we just don't know when you know we're already seeing it in the construction industry especially on the residential side you know it's 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 gonna go south this is always what happens you know it
1: it it is and and i have to remind myself that this this isn't the worst i've lived through as far as an economy goes 2008 was worse oh yeah Um, you know Yeah, You know, so that number one, um, that's there. Then number two, I have to remind myself that every time I talked about 2008 being bad, you know, and I'm just, I just turned 40. So quote unquote millennial, barely a millennial, whatever. Um, but, but dad will remind me, he's like, well, I was paying almost 20% on my first house that I bought in Wyoming. Yeah. You know, and he's like, there's a little duplex. And he said, so, you know, you don't remember, but there were lines at the gas station. So, Mm -hmm. um so we'll see how how all that plays out here in the near future my my gut my gut on that stuff says that it's going to get worse but we will see what happens with um this basically the stability of the world is what's going to drive our economy for the next little while unfortunately. yeah
0: you, i think you nailed it man i think you nailed it uh a change in administration would is going to be is going to be a key point. Uh, the 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 stability that we're seeing overseas, you know, between you've got Ukraine, you've got Israel and the and the Gaza Strip going on right now. You've got China chomping at the bit to to take Taiwan back uh, over as if they've you know always owned it or whatever. And I don't know the history with that actually, so I won't speak out of turn. But yeah, there's a lot of instability. The history
1: on that one's easy. That's there, you know, when the Chinese Revolution happened with the Communists, mm-hmm. you had the you had the um basically people who were like minded with their voting system like us, and you had the Communists. All the people who had the like minded government, like a freedom loving, freedom loving style of government, they ended up on Taiwan, and then the Communists got mainland. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, so makes sense. I
1: mean, that's really that's a really dumbed down way of explaining it. Way more minutia and things like that. But if you want to under want a very basic understanding that's that's what it is
0: i how how worried and and i don't mean to get us so off topic but like how worried are you in terms of i'll I'll give you a great example man i'm a huge history buff and when i look at (laughs) when i look at what triggered for example the civil war or the you know world war one and world war two it was all these smaller conflicts that kind of materialized into a greater conflict and they became world wars or they became what, what we know as a civil war. Um, and, and I think about that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I've, I've been to a war, uh, a couple of them, in fact, and, and I, I don't understand why humanity always finds itself going back into the, you know, terrible thing that is war, because I, I think a lot of people, Like there's the Hollywood version of war, you know, and then there's what war really is. And, and, and I, I just am, I've got such a bad taste in my mouth for it. I I find it difficult to advocate for any kind of justification for it. Like to me, I always feel like there's, there's, there's gotta be another way. But I'm seeing all this, these little fires pop up throughout the world and and the way America is responding and reacting to them and our our leadership. And I don't care if it's Democrats or Republicans, like we can't even figure out who the next speaker of the House is going to be. It's a total shit show. Our leadership has just failed, in my opinion. I I just how worried is Scott Rekers? Well, all right. So let's
1: break those down into into a few pieces because I'm a history nerd too. Like I I love history. Like I was actually, I I double majored in college and I was actually six hours away and I could have pressed the issue because of how many, um, how many Christian history classes I took through part of my practical theology degree. Uh Uh, I could have pressed the issue and and walked away with a minor in, in, in history if I wanted to. Um, I just chose not to, I didn't have time for doing that as a senior in college. Sure. Um Sure. But I was only six credit hours away from getting that minor. <clears throat> um, so, number one, um, per capita, we are living in the most peaceful time in the history of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't we don't talk about that nearly enough because if you if you take a look at the mainstream media and the news you will see that you will see all these conflicts that you're talking about. And that's not to discount them. That's not to say that they aren't violent, that they aren't bad. Um, Cause they are, they're atrocities. There's, mm-hmm. there's no um, two ways about that. So number one, we are living in the most civilized time that, that the earth and humanity has ever seen. Um, number two is, you know, like, <laughs> and I am, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. And so for my my sake, I am not worried about it in the sense of my life is a short time frame here and, and life really begins after death. Yeah. So my perspective on that is is such that worry isn't the right term. Like if someone walked in today um, and were to kill me for being a Christian, I know where, where I'm going. I'm taken care of. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so I don't worry in that sense. Now, what concerns me is for my kids. Um, because what we're setting up and leaving with a lot of these ideologies, um, and what we're, you know, what we are doing that is potentially, um, setting them up for much harder times in the future. That, that is what really, um, really worries me um you know a lot of people i i you know i will use this as an example but um you know history wise i've i've studied the book um or i've studied the history of israel a lot there's going to be conflict there until until the end of time Mm -hmm. it's unfortunately that but like, you know, and and that's I have got, you know, and I, I say that having had conversations with Muslim friends. Um mm-hmm. I have met and spoken to a um a young man from Saudi Arabia at length. Um we had, had many conversations about um you know the differences in our faith and things of that nature, and we walked away without wanting to kill each other. Okay. So like, you know, I know conversations like that are possible however the ex- he is um, he's an example of someone that can come and have a conversation but the extremes that are present on all sides of uh, of those factions are the things that that drive that so and if you actually were to set a timeline of the history of christian christianity and mm-hmm. a history of islam right next to each other put 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 them at starting point 0 um, and match them up in any movement there is a time frame where you become there is a there's usually some form of violence that happens that comes with it um and we're actually in that same if you were to match those time frames up the time frame we are at in the middle east right now with islam as a religion as a whole matches up exactly where um i hate to i hate to say this cuz where it was. I don't want because I don't want to call it Christianity because the Crusades were not Christianity. Um, they were not. They were not what was what was taught. Yeah, Jesus never yeah. once said retake the Holy Land. Um, yeah. You know, he commanded us to live at peace. Live at peace with everyone. So, um, mm-hmm. but quote unquote, what a lot of people recognize as Christianity across the world because I, I don't want to throw the Catholic Church under the bus because it wasn't necessarily even the Catholic Church. It was a government a government system that was the papal society that ran the crusades um, yeah. and, there, and there was nothing christian about what was done with the crusades mm-hmm. um it, you know kingdom of heaven that movie was completely off on everything that um everything that was a crusade it took like four different crusades and and st- stuck them all into yeah, one in yeah i've heard that, that. Could- i've never even seen that one it, it's it's a good movie um, in the sense that you will be entertained. You will get a sense for what the crusades were um, Mm -hmm. and weren't, but it jammed about four crusades into one. Um, But the thing that they did nail is there were a lot of people that lived in that region. They just wanted to live. They didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to be, um, you know, they didn't want to be subject to, you know, whatever king happened to be coming over from, um, you know, from the West that was going to enforce their version of government or even, um, you know, whoever the, um, the Muslim caliph was at the time that was going to, you know, go into rule. They just wanted to live, you know, they just wanted to be able to make a living, raise their family. And that's the problem is that there are a lot of people both in Israel and in Gaza um, that aren't going to have that opportunity because of this conflict. It's the same yeah. thing in Ukraine. You know, there are a lot of people who are negatively affected and my line on tie this back to my line on war. How did we get here from tag Um, my, my <laughs> line on war, welcome to the Western
0: uh, huntsman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, my line on war is always, all right. So if we were to back up and look at this at 30,000 feet. Um, if if one which side if it stopped fighting would the other stop fighting if that makes sense so for instance um if you look at look at the situation in ukraine do i think ukraine is is corrupt and there is a lot of things going on there that are absolutely bad 100 percent? but if ukraine were to stop fighting russia would run it over yeah and so that shows me who the aggressor is um And so that is my line of how do we, who do we know who to defend? I don't agree with us sending a ton of military money over there. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I think we're bankrupting ourselves doing that.
0: Totally. But as far as ridiculous, as as
1: far as, as far as some level of moral high ground, that's, I guess, how I've had to, had to do that. So for Israel, um, is a little weird because who, who drew
0: first blood?
1: You yeah. know, it wasn't we, Israel. We, it wasn't Israel on this occasion. Um, but the argument gets made and and I'm not like I'm pro Israel. Okay. So like yeah. but the, the I, I kind the of conversation figured... one hundred yeah. I, I'm pro Israel right now because they they did not start this, and a lot of the people that were in Israel were people that were living there before Israel was established as a country post World War Two. Um mm-hmm. but one of the, to me, the thing is right now, if 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 Hamas were to quit fighting Israel, would 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 we wouldn't have this because this Hamas started this this particular conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, now the argument then gets made, and this is one of those weird things about Eastern culture: timelines don't matter. Like revenge doesn't have a timeline in a lot of Eastern cultures. So, for instance, um, this is still an extension of fighting the Crusades. Yeah, in, in a lot of Muslims' minds, and so that's part of what we're we're trying to overcome. But these people that are just living there on both sides that just want to live there—they're the—they have the same issue that they had, um, that they had clear back in the Crusades where there were Muslims who just wanted to live. They, you know, they, yeah. they were there. There were, um, there were Christians there during the crusades who just wanted to live. They had always lived in that region. Um, they had houses, they had livelihoods. There were Jews there that had livelihoods, um, there for thousands of years, even at that point. So to me, that's where, like, I, I've never fought a war. I did not serve. Um, but I, I've, now lived enough life where i've met a lot of people who have i've also met a lot of people i went to rwanda and saw the effects of the genocide um you know so that yeah If you want to talk about real world that's real world when you see there are people walking around missing limbs and you know they were cut off with the
0: shit can't even imagine Uh, yeah yeah
1: so anyway all that just all that just to say you know from my from my perspective, number one, is messy. You will never get a good answer. You will never feel like you made 100% the right decision when you send troops into war. You're hoping that you're doing it to protect innocent lives. Um, and if you, if you jump in on the side that, generally speaking, if you jump in on the side that, you know, if the other one were to stop, it fixes the problem. Then I think that's, to me, that's where you draw a line. But I don't advocate for jumping in. I don't want to see our troops... In, in Ukraine yeah. or in Israel or, you know, I feel it's
0: like it gets if it, it, it gets messy, if we do, I, I, I just I feel like that would be the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, you know, I'm I'm often troubled, Scott, by the thought of, uh, again, a couple of historic uh, history nerds. Th- there are very few exceptions to the concept that wars are started by people who seek to uh, expand their power or expand their wealth or their territory or their land, you know, wh- whatever. There are a few exceptions to that. And uh, when I, I'm, uh, what, what I was going to say about being troubled is I, I'm a firm believer that, that mankind males specifically are, are born with this natural spirit to be a warrior. That's, that's why little boys mm-hmm. like to play war. And, and, and this, this is why, sometimes the, just the nature of humans in general um in in like modern societies like we live in today in America we we forget that and and we have we have these these parents that want to forbid any kind of pretending of violence of of children or or not let them yeah. play with you know fake weapons or guns or you know people get really upset about that and been out of shape and I think that that's misguided because that is what is natural. And so there's that element to it, but there's also this other element that I I can't help but wonder if every country on on God's earth had the the setup, uh governmental system of of which the the pursuit was freedom and and this uh, pursuit to to achieve whatever destiny that individual set for themselves. And that that only comes from freedom and liberty. That only comes from freedom. Where the, the pursuit isn't to expand one's power the, because the government is, is elected by the people and it's temporary by nature. So expanding the power of a government doesn't really do any individual, any real good thing. And so that's why I, I think in a lot of cases, again, there are exceptions to this, but um, America has always been a force for good uh, to mm-hmm. you know stop people uh, from, from warring other people nations or 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 you know whatever uh from a sense of expanding their power you know in, in cases, now America has also been guilty of doing that as well mm-hmm. uh you know we, we could talk about the Indian Wars and the and the war with Mexico and and, yep. and things like that we could certainly talk about that but uh in a lot of cases you know we, we're the only country to send massive amounts of armies um to fight against itself to free other men you, you know there there's there's no other country that has done that yeah. and and so i i this is a lot of rambling but it's to say that if i i wish there was a way to get a get rid of tyranny in the world tyranny yeah. and and this this uh dictatorship mentality and ideology because this is what always seems to get us into trouble as humans where yeah. we start killing each other um how's that for getting off topic of tab, tag hub <laughs> It is, but that that's okay. I mean, it's, it's not the
1: Western Huntsman unless there's something controversial. So it's right. You know, I, right. I've I I talked a little bit about Jesus. We've talked about freedom. We've talked about the hot spots in the world. Okay, we're good. We've yep. we, we've hit okay.
0: our yeah yep. yeah. We've yep. hit all the controversial things. So and killing tyranny. That's it. That's right, buddy. Uh, okay, <laughs> so going back, going back to Tag Hub. Let's let's shift back mm-hmm. to to Tag Hub here. Um, what What is Tag Hub, first of all? I'm sure there's people so, that listening who don't we know did, what it is. Yeah. So what we did is we we
1: sat down and we looked at um the members research section. And, and I can use this as an example. with, in um, the state of Nevada, I was only able to put in about 20% of the actual hunts into the print magazine. Because if I were to put every single hunt in the print magazines and do an analysis on every one of them, um just on Nevada, there would probably be about a magazine and a half. Yeah. Um, So we were just limited on space. we could only put the biggest there. And we said, but I'm doing, I have to figure out what the best ones to put in the magazine were anyway. So why, why aren't we putting this out somewhere? I had to do the work. It just wasn't getting published. And that's rather frustrating. Um, So what we did is we took it and we said, okay, we're going to take this member's research section and we're going to put it into a form that allows people to sort and, look at all the ratings and look at, okay, this is a hunt that fits me. It fits my personal style. Um, And so with that, we came up with Tag Hub 1.0. Now with Tag Hub 1.0, we had a very good desktop experience, but we know that most guys do most of their hunting research on their desktop. And so we said that we're going to we're going to run with this for a little while and we're going to we're going to do a lot of research and see how we can expand and grow. Well, the biggest thing that we noticed is we found ourselves wanting to do more on mobile research wise because I started working on TagHub in end of 2018, beginning of 2019 and then it came to market in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and then and so we said okay what can we take what can we improve what can we even build better and so with all that in mind um 2.0 was an expansion that okay mobile technology has grown a lot and we can we can make this our phones are actually getting bigger so we could develop mm-hmm. up a mobile system but we said we didn't want to just we didn't want to just have all this data there and make it something that um you know make it something that was just seemed insurm- insurmountable. We wanted to make it for the average Joe. Cause 1.0 was definitely for the research nerd. Like if you love to research, that's what it was for. Mm-hmm. But we said, you know what? There are a lot of guys out there who want to do research, but they don't want to geek out on the numbers. They want a very, um, a very basic system that allows them just to see very quickly, where should I apply? What do I have the points for? And how do I get there? So, In came, um, I was introduced, I don't know, it was sometime in 2021, um, to a guy named, uh, Bill Thompson and, um, he's fresh out of the military and he, he said, Hey, I've been doing all this research and we built these models where we can track deer movement with 60% accuracy. he's talking about whitetails and he's like, I'm building this thing called Spartan forge. I'm like, okay. Um, this is cool, but how's the supply to us out West? He said, well, I think I can do the things that you're doing in tag hub and I work with my development team and I think we can make it even better. Hmm. I said, okay, let's have some conversations. And so we started talking and we, um, we built this partnership to build tag hub 2.0 and make it even better. Now um, the mobile is coming in November of 2023. And it is going to be phenomenal. Um, our last mobile experience, you could do the research. There are some charts you just could not view well. Um, I yeah. was not happy with how that, how that looked. Um, in and, Tag and I Hub, wondered, you mean? Tag Hub 1.0. Yeah, yeah.
0: Tag Hub 1.0. Now in
1: 2.0, in 2.0 um, we have, it is phenomenal. Like The mobile experience is going to be phenomenal. The beauty of it is there's an app that goes with it. It's available in the Spartan Forge app. Um, so. You'll be able to look and research and and do everything you'd want to do with Tag Hub. But one of the gaps that we filled is now you can leave a waypoint when you're doing research, say on your desktop or even in the field. Say say you go over to Idaho and you are doing your elk hunt and you, you look and you're like, man, that's a big mule deer, but I don't know if my tag works here. Or if I need to figure out something different, see if it's a controlled hunt, that sort of thing, you can leave a waypoint right where it is, come back, get into Tag Hub, and it's now there. Oh, really? So that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yes. Yeah, so we've been able to tie tie all this together, and you can leave a little note on, on the waypoint. You're like, hmm, I need to do some research on this deer area that I <laughs> looked at while I was elk hunting. You can now go back and do that. We've tied them together um, where you're, you know that system works and it works well. So, all that um all that said, 2.0, it has it now has 3D maps. We did not have that in 1.0. Mm-hmm. Um we've been able to do some sliders which will show you um what are your odds. Like so if you want to find areas that are 50% odds or better at, at the minimum points, um, we've got a slider there so you can watch them, you know, coming like the, they'll light up and then um then go away. I did a lot of I was using, uh, I was using through application season cause I was looking at the beta version before we were able to launch at the tail end of May with 2.0. Um, I was, lo- I was doing all my hunt research on 2.0, treating it like I was a customer and trying to walk through that system. You know, I was, in, and I've got applications in, um, Wyoming, Montana, and Nevada. So I'm I'm a prototypical of a lot of guys who are doing research. So I was using that to make my, you know, make my informed decisions. And I got tags in Wyoming and Montana. Um, so you know, that's, that's, I, am not saying this to toot my own horn or anything like that, but I use the, I actually use this as a tool, um, to actually be able to hunt and do, do good things. Now, now, I'm, you know, full disclosure, um, one of the hunts that I had in Montana was an outfitted hunt, but I wanted to know the details on where I was going to, you know, if we're going to drop that money on that, I want to know, you know, and so I was able to use, yeah. um, use tag of 2.0 to look at it, but for the first time ever, I was able to apply a 3d map. Um, and then here's another really cool part in 1.0, we had, you know, we told you what the public land percentages were, but Mm -hmm. tying it in with Spartan Forge. Now we're able to actually, it's one thing to say you have 50% public land inside the MRS, but it's a whole other thing to show where that is and then be able to show all the roads that go with it.
0: Yeah. The access points. That's, that's what's tough, man, because there was a unit in Idaho I was looking at and it was, it was like, it was like 40, 50% public But the access to get to this public land, most of it was landlocked by large, large chunks of landowners, you know, and and there was just like, there was no way to get to that public land without having a helicopter. And, um, I don't know if you know this or not, Scott, I don't have a helicopter. I I did not know, man. I'm sorry. You don't have a helicopter. Does Eastman's have one? They can borrow me every once in a while. No,
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. Mike's got his pilot's license and that's the closest pilot's license for for small planes, single
0: engine planes Uh, kind of thing
1: yeah he's he's got um i think he's got a dual engine rating too if i remember right but anyway all that just yeah. to say no we don't fly in on helicopters to public land or anything like that now dan Picard has done that once but it was with an outfitter actually yeah yeah
0: i i saw that video
1: yeah it's it was an entertaining video that's, that's yeah that's, for that's sure certain. yeah it was a good one um, man. but uh so that's i mean that's the that is the meat and the heart of the research inside of Eastman's Tag Hub. But we said, okay, so somebody's going to spend the money to be a part, uh, be an elite member with Eastman's Tag Hub. We also wanted them to get some of the traditional things. So the MRS in the magazines is not going away, it's still going to be there. It's just expanded because we, it, you're getting the same amount of content. It's just we weren't able to put that in the magazine to begin with. So, um, you know, we're giving you the magazine so you can read all the feature stories. But we've also got on Tag Hub, there's also exclusive blogs now. So we give, you know, we give blogs like we, we, put, we publish them every single week, um, a lot of what's going on and things of that nature. But there are going to be some that are research specific that only Tag Hub members can see, Tag Hub Elite members can see. Um, Then there's also a really cool feature. We started dropping episodes of Eastman's hunting TV on Tag Hub early. So if you don't, um, if you don't have um, the outdoor channel on your satellite, um, just a lot of people have cut the cord. We put it there so you can see it on Eastman's. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm one of those. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So you can watch Eastman's hunting TV. We also publish episodes of beyond the grid TV early as well. So you can see those before they ever get published on YouTube. Um, See, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool feature. We're actually uh, doing a real big push to let people know that that is there because we know a lot of you guys love to watch our content. And if you had the ability to watch it early, um, you would, you'd really enjoy it. So, um, that's a, a very important, very important piece of the equation. Um, and so all that, all that, just to say that's there, there's also the digital magazine. You still get the print magazine with it. The digital magazines are cool. You can pop it up and look at it on a PDF. It works really good on a tablet um, too. So that makes it really nice yeah. to be able to, to explore and look at that.
0: Um, I, I still like the really- hard cover magazine though. I don't know. I call yeah. me old school, man, but there's something about having the magazine. And yep. I, I don't know if I'll ever get away from that, man.
1: I don't know that I ever will. Either because there there were a lot of magazines that I've read, like hunting magazines that I read as a teenager. That there's a lot of nostalgia with it. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. I think that's that, what it is. I think we have a generation that doesn't have an appreciation for for that kind of print stuff. Uh, yeah. And, and that's you know that it is what it is. But for for uh, guys like you and I who grew up on on especially Eastman's hunting magazine, uh, yeah. You know, um, there's no going away for that. I, I like to stack them up and just keep them. You know, one hundred percent. I definitely do that. Yep. And, so, you know, uh,
1: that you still get the print magazines if you are an elite member. If you have, have the basic, you know, if you just want access to the research, that's the basic is you just get access to all the research tools. And we've had a lot of guys who had print subscriptions before subscribe to the mm-hmm. basic so they can get both, you know, and they, you know, they can do that. Um, costs about the same to, to do it, to become an elite member. So usually I I talk them into, into upgrading to elite at some point um, if they call and talk to me for hunt research, um, you know talking through what they're doing. A lot of guys like to call in and talk through what they're doing research wise. So we've got that, but then here's a really cool one that we actually just launched. Um, You familiar with the Black Ovis website? Yeah. Black Ovis store. Yeah. Um, If you are an elite member with Tag Hub, um, you get a 20% discount code. So Oh, Um, really? That's a big deal. A hundred percent. So I didn't know
0: that, man. And I'm a, I'm a member. I'm an elite member. Uh, pretty sure that's one of my perks for being a Western Huntsman podcast guy. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Or with Eastman's, uh, oh, and what about the online meal deer course? Does that, does that come with 2.0 or is that still extra? Sometimes
1: that's a different, um, that's a different subscription. It's a one year subscription that you can get with that. However. Um, one cool thing um, that we are doing right now is your if you uh, subscribe to our you know if you've ever subscribed to our newsletters or anything like that we're about to be sending out some offers where you can get the mule deer course and an uh, Eastman's Tag Hub Elite membership for one forty nine ninety nine so that's a, a deal that we're working on right at the moment that's so weird. that'll be yeah, yeah. There, there's a ton of information Brian and Dan and Guy did a phenomenal job putting that mule deer course together and so. I think that um, it's a fantastic opportunity to uh, look at and grow, um, grow with that. So there's th- we're, we're basically what we did is we give away a lot of free gifts if you become an elite member. Like I, I don't know how many uh, how many Everlast dog vinyl harnesses that we've had go out over the course of time. However, um, the beauty of it is is that you get these these cool free pieces of gear depending on you know what offer we have going we've given away a bunch of swagger bipods as a free gift mm-hmm. well we decided that um we're going to do the mule deer course and the uh, tag hub elite together for a while on a few offers so i guess since i'm talking about this with you okay. i better put that up on the home page i suppose
0: yeah um, yeah uh, well i'm i'm on eastman uh, or i'm all logged in i just got all logged in so it's it's showing the tag hub elite membership plus free gift Wind hunting gear and gear discounts up to thirty five percent off. I'm trying to find find that. How do I access like the Black Ovis? Wait a minute what What is this? Some of this gear stuff you guys have put up there. I haven't seen this. The new. Anyway, I'll I'll dig around. See, I can't I can't like research online here and talk carry on a conversation at the same time. Oh, there's your smiling face right there, wearing a pretty sexy hoodie, there, buddy. Hey, I uh, uh, Scott, I lost your sound, man. I'm I'm talking to myself here. I lost your sound. I don't know what happened to you, but I'll try to keep I'm here it. now. Oh, there you are. There you are. You're back.
1: I, I know what I did. I bumped the mute button. So, so you I are hereby reprimanded. So, yeah, we've in the past, we've run the discount page, but that's going to be swapped out for the Spartan Forge code. And occasionally we'll run a big discount like we ran a big discount with SIG. So that's a perk of being an elite member is you get access to all of those discounts at different points and specialties. But the biggest one is, man, you have access to a 20 percent off discount. If you are an elite member, we sent out an email two weeks ago that has that code in it. Um, So look through your email. Make sure you open up that email. Um, but we, um, we're going to be, you'll see it on that. We're going to be putting it on the discount page next week. It's a planned marketing piece of the equation. Um, so be watching for that. In fact, that gives me a deadline too to make sure, uh, that page gets updated as well. Well, uh, um, l- l-
0: let me ask you this for, for the sake of simplification on like the okay. whole tag point 2.0. What what are like some key things you want hunters to get out of it? Like, is there something that it simplifies for them? Is it is there, uh, you know, information they're not going to get anywhere else kind of thing? And, and I, yes. again, I don't I don't want to make it sound like an infomercial, but like when mm-hmm. people think of Tag Hub, what are they in their mind? What is going to be like huge bene, benefit for them?
1: The biggest benefit that you have for tag being a tag up member is you have access to 37 years of Western hunting knowledge, all put into the members, this expanded version of the members research section that is digital, that is sortable, and that is easy to use.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that that I is like the, it.
1: that is the biggest advantage you get. Everything else is a perk. Um, we are constantly tweaking the perks because. If you're going, if you are going to be an elite member, we want you to have lots of things to enjoy. And so there's a, there's a lot of things that, you know, we're going to continue to improve the perks. We're going to work on discount codes and make sure you see that. So it's on the, um, by the time this podcast comes out, the discount code page will be updated. It'll have the, for elite members only, we'll have the, um, Black Ovas discount code there. Uh, sorry guys, I can't put that out over the airwaves because you know, have to be a member. Um, but the biggest thing is you have access to a research tool that allows you to, in real time, drop drop pins and go back and forth and be able to do research in the field where you have cell phone service. You can still, um, you know, you can see 3D maps. Um, that's not been a thing that we've had on 1.0. So you can actually take a look and really see all the different pieces that are there. This is it's an important um, it's an important tool that you will never leave home without um, once you start using it.
0: Yeah, and just just so people know like spartan forge what he had mentioned a little earlier there that you know it's it's kind of a it, think onyx base maps that that kind of program i've i've had it on my phone i've got it it's on my phone very similar yeah very similar so uh super user friendly too um and and what we did with that is you
1: know spartan forge told us they could house tag hub for us so that's what we did so they've housed our yeah. research tool yeah and so um, and that's why the partnership works. They've housed the research tool, but we've been able to tie that, tie all of that together and make it a fantastic opportunity.
0: I need, I need to get Bill from Spartan Forge on. Man, we've we've like tried a couple of times, and and something always gets in the way, and we can't record for one reason or another. But we'll we'll get them on here sooner rather than later. Um, absolutely. Well, Scott, what what other hunts do you have this year? Do you have any good hunts still lined up, or you are? Tell Um, me a little bit about what your season's looking like now.
1: So, I've actually got a ridiculously busy November, believe it or not. Um, I typically don't have a lot of hunts in November. I know that for whitetail guys, that's like the busiest month of the year. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. I've got a, uh, I've got a hunt in November, um, where I'm going to back up to Montana, um, for a, um, to finish out my whitetail tag that I've got. It's and it's not a whitetail specific tag, but the hunt I'm going on is a whitetail specific hunt.
0: Did you say uh, that's um, in Wyoming?
1: No, that's in Montana.
0: Oh, Montana. Um, okay.
1: Yep. So I'm going to go finish that. I actually, I was there for a week of archery hunting, but I was filming Brandon. And so then if Brandon tagged out, um, I was going to be, I was going to hunt the second, whatever it was, whether it was a day or whether it was four days, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he ended up, uh, he ended up filling his tag. Um, and so that was kind of a, a, a challenge. Um, there was the, the, the buck jumped the string. Um, oh no. So, <laughs> yeah. It jumped, it jumped the string. So it was a far back hit. So it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a challenge there. Um, but you know, we worked our tails off and that sort of thing, um, to, for recovery, all that good stuff. So end of the week, I got to do some, I got to be the one uh, shooting and, um, I had a really big buck, um, he stepped, he walking and I knew where the fence was. So I was waiting for him to get there. Cause I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to draw any attention to us. And I was at full draw. Um, and he had right in front of his vitals was a tree. So, oh, no, you know, had head, I had head, right here, he had head right here and he's about to jump over the fence. I mean, he was paused at the fence and there was enough, you know, there was enough wind where, and I had everything perfect, you know, enough wind to cover us up. So he wouldn't have jumped the string, anything like that. And, I couldn't do it. And he was a big buck too. So that's too bad, um, man.
0: That's going to hurt for the rest of the year. That happened to me, a way, but it wasn't a big guy. Uh, I had a, I had a little raghorn come running into uh, some bugling. I was doing this last a few weeks ago, you know, and, and this guy comes running in stops broadside. Uh, vitals are completely covered by a, by a Tamarack. And I just, there was nothing I could do. Then he saw me, he saw me move. I kind of shook well, my head in frustration and he saw that and left. <laughs>
1: So I'm lucky. I get to go back and and hunt this and this piece. It's close close to the Missouri River, so I get to go do that. Oh, nice! Um, around mid mid November, but I've also got a late season mule deer tag that's close to home here. Um, so I'm gonna probably go out just about every um, every day, a minimum in the afternoons, and go look over um, you know where I find the does and things like that. So that's cool. you know late season mule deer hunt. That should be fun. Um, it's a they haven't offered this tag um very long. Um so we'll see whether it's any good. Yeah. I don't know. No. Hmm. You know, so we'll I'm um, I do not know whether I'm going to you know, be highly disappointed or whether I will be very, very happy with what I end up killing um there. But we'll see what happens. Um so that's my November.
0: I'll bet you I'll bet you on the whitetail side, I'll bet you that it's a lot more active than last time you were there. It's crazy I'm the the bucks that show up nut. in November and in whitetail. What would you say? Yeah, I the
1: our um the guy that we we were hunting with it's a it's a guy who's he's getting started with an outfit. So we got invited up to go to see it and and spend some time there and 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 talk through what what um what his outfit looked like, and he said he hunted the year before or last year during the rut, and with that he said. You know, if I'm rattling on the ground for you guys, you better wear your shoulder pads. Like these, like they killed a buck at 12 yards.
0: Hey, I'm, wow. I'm looking, I'm looking in my phone for my invitation to this. I am not seeing it. Did you, did you forget to send that to me? Uh, I rifles apologize. ready. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, that's I great. No, I have, um, I, I have, I have a really good whitetail hunt coming up too. So Dude, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's on the Idaho good. side. So it's, it's going to be good. Um, Idaho is kind of a sleeper for
1: whitetails. It's got some. It's got some good bucks there.
0: Man, if if uh, if anybody's listening to this and doesn't follow a guy named Troy Pottinger, uh, I think his Instagram handle is Mountain Man Thirty Three or M T N underscore Man for Mountain Man Thirty Three or something like that. Anyway, th- this guy it, he is one of those guys. Like a lot of people know him. A lot of whitetail hunters know him. A lot of hunters in North mm-hmm. Idaho know him. But he's one of those guys. You know how we've got like these hunting heroes or, or whatever you want to call them. They're just real solid. You know, like a Dan Picard, Brian Barney uh, kind of type. Real successful. This this is one of those guys, and he's real specific to mountain public land whitetail hunters. Uh yeah. And he, and he does he gets it done mostly in Idaho, but he'll go to Montana and Washington even. Um, uh, but he's uh he's an absolute animal when it comes to mountain public land whitetail in mm-hmm. fact i need to get, we keep threatening to get him back on the show i need to get him back on the show yeah uh, sounds like he'd be a great guest oh yeah he, he's been on the show before he uh i think twice he is a great guest and in fact i have uh i have gabriel coming on tomorrow do to you talk. Really? oh yeah we're gonna do like a school of november in fact by the time this episode's out that episode might already be released so okay. we'll we'll see we'll see yeah so absolutely it's gonna be fun
1: for those of you who don't know gabriel was actually the guy who connected uh jim and i so
0: yeah but yeah he's he's a mutual friend of both of ours yeah he's such a good guy i told him i told him to quit shooting all the elk so i can have a chance out here in montana when <laughs> i start hunting montana next year him and his wife both tagged out on nice bulls so yes, they did well okay sir i i think i've kept you long enough here um anything anything else you want to let people know about uh, regarding tag hub or anything new coming out with the eastman's hunting journals that people should know about before we cut it off here
1: TagHub.Eastmans.com. um i believe i've got you set up as a, for a discount code so if you hear it on the western huntsman just use huntsman at checkout thing i can't remember what i did it was like 15 or 20 percent, something like that so you Good get deal a, um get a discount if you heard it here on huntsman's podcast so make sure you um you know use that as as you subscribe um, you can do it monthly or annually so 14.99 a month or 149.99 for a year and you have access to everything i just talked about um, and if you have any questions don't be afraid to uh you know don't be afraid to reach out to us taghub at eastmans.com um, i i directly get all those emails so i'll answer them um, and man keep sending us your stories it sounds like it's been a good hunting season for a lot of people so we want to yeah we want to see those and share those stories in the magazine
0: Heck yeah! Uh, the the one thing that like uh, what I would what I would plug for Tag Hub for for folks listening, if you guys are anything like me, where you want to, especially if you want to go hunt out of state and and find some of those tags, and it, it might not be like a once in a lifetime tag, just a tag that maybe two or three or four points, um, that yep. that where you have really good, uh, you know, opportunities and and uh, decent odds of drawing and stuff like that. I am like not a super detail-oriented research kind of guy. I, I get really bored, very short attention span. I I'm I'm better off just like calling Scott here and being like, hey man, where should I get a tag? If if you're like me in that way, tag hub simplifies the complicated. And and that's what I like about it. Why I could, I could, I could just jump on there and in like 10 minutes I I have a really good understanding of what tags are within my grasp with what points I have. That's, that's what I like about it. It simplifies very complicated things or what in my mind in the past has always been really complicated and it just like kind of does all the work for you. Um, like he okay. said, like 37 plus years of information is in there. So it's, it's really handy for guys that are like me that don't want to sit and research for two, three, four hours a night for a week straight. Uh, Cause it's just not my cup of tea. So check it out. Tag All right, man. Thanks again for joining me. This was a lot of fun. I think, I think like we said in the beginning, we should do this more often. We should just kind of do like an Eastman's Absolutely. Hunting Journal update here uh, on the Western Huntsman. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do this once a month. Well, if I don't talk to you, good luck on those hunts, and keep me posted for sure, and uh, looking forward to seeing how they turn out for you, brother.
1: Sounds good. Looking forward to it.
0: You made it.